Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 17th of February, meaning we have 318 days remaining in this leap year of 2020. This morning in the southeast sky, an hour before sunrise, the burgeoning crescent moon hung forth in line above the horizon where Saturn and then Jupiter and Mars could be traced on the same angle. Tomorrow morning, around the same time, the moon will occult or cover over Mars, and the next morning around the same time, the moon will occult Jupiter. Today in 1969, Golda Meir was sworn in as the first female Prime Minister of Israel. Today in 1972, Italian tenor Luciano Pavarotti received a record 17 curtain calls after his performance in La Fille de Regiment at New York's Metropolitan Opera. The same day, President Richard Nixon left Washington for a groundbreaking trip to China, setting the tone for a follow-up visit on this day the next year, in 1973, by United States National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger, who met with Chinese leader Mao Zedong, who jokingly offered to send 10 million women to the United States. The year before, back in 1972, the 15,000,034th Volkswagen Beetle rolled out of the Volkswagen factory in Wolfsburg, Germany, surpassing the Ford Model T's previous production record to become the most heavily produced car in history. Twenty years later, by June 1992, over 21 million Beetles had been produced. The Beetle remains the world's best-selling, relatively unchanged car design, though the Toyota Corolla, currently over 30 million sold, has the ultimate sales record. Albeit since its introduction in 1966, the Corolla has had many design changes. Today is the birthday of Red Barber, born in Columbus, Mississippi in 1908. When Red was 10, his family moved to Florida, where, while still in school, Barber worked as a truck driver, a celery picker, and carried hot tar up ladders to roofers. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Barber, at 21, went to Gainesville, hoping to enter the University of Florida, and worked as a wood splitter, a waiter, a tennis court attendant, and a janitor. One day, he was cleaning up at WRUF, when a guest failed to show up and Red was hastily stuck in front of a microphone and did so well that he was hired and eventually became director of that radio station. In 1934, Red was hired by the Cincinnati Reds to broadcast their games. The first major league game he saw was also the first game he broadcast. He went on to the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1939. By this time, Red Barber's chatty style was abounding in Southernisms, describing a fight as a rhubarb and good fortune as walking in tall cotton. These and countless other expressions made Barber quite popular. Whereas ball club owners in the past had avoided broadcasting games for fear of undermining attendance, they now were finding Barber's efforts proved that broadcasting actually generated additional fans, thereby also increasing attendance. Women in particular were learning about baseball by listening to Barber's broadcasts. Legend has it that on a summer day, 
Anyone could walk from one end of Brooklyn to the other and most likely hear Barber describe the complete game from radios in the open windows of the homes en route. Many moons ago, Russian writer Anton Chekhov gave us this. I have the feeling that I've seen everything but failed to notice the elephants. Lots of anxious human reaction, from head-scratching to hand-wringing, has occurred in recent months nationally and globally concerning who we are and where we are going on Spaceship Earth. The fashion journalist and magazine editor Andre Leon Talley advises, Have knowledge of what you're talking about. Read and be curious. Always listen. But too often we get hung up in how something has been delivered rather than what has been delivered. In the information age, we become easily distracted by information we are not looking for and by misinformation masquerading as a credible source. This past week, hooplas of various dimensions have arisen everywhere in our eternal search to reconcile who done what to whom. Kerfuffles arise like so many dust devils on a dry, windy day, and then dissipate onto the landscape. Something of a drift here, maybe a slight dune there. What might begin as an offhanded contretemps may eventually become a lawsuit, or the topic of a series of scholarly endeavors that could continue indefinitely. We're fast approaching the season which, for many Christians and non-Christians alike, ushers in a new year of growth among what biodiversity we have left on this planet. Apropos of that season, in our Honors College at the University of Maine this past week, a modicum of controversy has been generated about how to view one of the most polemical figures in the New Testament, Mary Magdalene, and how she has been dealt with in the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke and John, and of equal importance, perhaps, how her own gospel, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, will eventually fare among the canonical texts. More on this in the coming weeks, following Ash Wednesday and related events leading to Easter. Today is also the birthday of Hal Holbrook in 1925, of Jim Brown in 1936, of Lou Diamond Phillips in 1962, and of Michael Jordan in 1963. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to a fine mid-February morning, and happy President's Day 2020.